and welcome to this special year-end wrap-up episode of Top Quartile, where we bring you stories from front lines of growth. Uh, I'm Dan Marks, your host and a partner and EVP here at Infusion. And we just had a tremendous launch year for Top Quartile, had, a, had talked to uh, uh, over 20 guests from around the industry. And so we're bringing some of them back for a special roundtable discussion of key lessons learned in 2021. Uh, and first up, Sarah, what what did you learn this year? So this year, and I don't know why I waited so long to read it, I read Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. And there is so much there. And the reason why I read it was her work around this idea of a rumble, like that that idea that I'm going to go into a meeting, we're going to have a rumble. We're going to, everybody come prepared, bring your best thoughts, but we're going to have a vulnerable, messy conversation until we get to a decision that either we can all agree on or we will all commit to go with. And a lot happened this year that caused some some rumbles. And so trying to stretch my skills on learning how to bring people together who disagree. And, you know, you think about things like disagree on mask wearing, on vaccines, on all the things. Um, I think I learned a lot of skills in how to have these deep conversations without putting up a bunch of armor. That's one of the things she talks about is like our our desire to armor up to put on this armor. And, and for me, my armor was always being a knower. Well, let me tell you all the numbers and let me tell you how that works. And, you know, to put that armor down and to listen to people and to be able to rumble with vulnerability was a big skill that I learned this year. Yeah. Awesome to get us started, Sarah. Thanks for that uh, perspective on how to really embrace um, a, a challenging time and, and kind of pull through it as a team. So Rick, what's your key lesson learned this year? You know, I think uh, probably the biggest takeaway for me from uh, 2021 is just probably the word resiliency. Uh, the number of uh, the adaptability that I've seen in our clients in these community banks and credit unions um, that continue to be incredibly flexible with constantly changing conditions, stepping into roles that maybe aren't aren't traditional. Um, it's just it's really something to watch. Um, we all have a lot of things to deal with in this era. Um, and you know, the pressures of growing your business, they don't go away just because there's a lot of external, uh, noise and, uh, distractions and a global pandemic. But, um, the, the way that people continue to pull together and work together and, um, and, and just work amazing, uh, things to accomplish, uh, amazing things, uh, that, that resiliency is, is really quite impressive. Thanks, Rick. You know, certainly a ton of us learned a lot about resiliency. So that that's an awesome perspective. Um, next up, we've got Delenn. Delenn? Goodness, I would have to say probably the biggest lesson I learned is perspective, um, both personally and professionally. Um, the professional implications of perspective, as I think, is that COVID, especially being working for a financial institution, you know, when we had to close our lobbies and members couldn't get into the branches and they were just only able to go through the drive-through or for a lot of them didn't even want to leave their homes. So that shifted a lot of things to online, you know, online banking, mobile banking, uh, mobile deposit. So what, what we've noticed is that I think a lot of the perspective of our members and consumers in general has really changed to, okay, I was forced to use an online or a digital channel or apply for a loan online or something like that where I was used to going in the branch or going through the drive-through. So what they had to do out of convenience or out of necessity, I'm sorry, what they had to do out of necessity, 
now they can do because it's now more out of convenience. Kind of like personally with me, it's like I started using Instacart because it was like, well, I didn't want to go to the grocery store because of the pandemic. Now it's like I use Instacart because I just don't want to go to the grocery store. It's like it's so much more convenient and it's worth paying whatever it is to the, you know, the yearly fee to get the, the free delivery. So I think perspective has been a big thing that's, that has really resonated with me about how is the perspective of our existing members or customers and then our perspective members and customers and how do you interpret and navigate that change and that shift in perspective to make sure that, especially for me as a marketer, you know, that our messages are resonating with them and matching up with that perception of, oh, well, you're a brick and mortar financial institution. It's like, yes, but we also have some really cool digital tools, you know, that you can use. And if that's important to you, then how do those audiences, we declare those messages and then to those folks that where brick and mortar still is an important factor, and it still is, um, you know, yes, the branches are still here. Yes, the lobbies are open. You know, yes, all your same people are still here, you know, due to our our strength and our stability. We didn't lose anybody. We didn't lose any services. You know, we didn't have to close any branches. We didn't, we as an institution didn't suffer financially because of the pandemic. So we're here, have always been here, you know, we'll always be here for you. So I think it's shifting that perspective. Uh, personally, I volunteer with a group where um, I'm a, ther um, a team with, I'm a therapy team with my dog, Archer. And so COVID shut visits down. So personally, the perspective of when we got, when things opened up and we got to go back and really just to go see staff, they were still limiting visits to, you know, patients or so forth at a hospital or a hospice. But even when we just got to go back to the staff, when you think you're kind of having a tough time and wow, I'm really having a hard time dealing with this pandemic, but then you go see these frontline healthcare workers and what they're dealing with and you're like, it's really not that bad. <laughs> you know, it's like, at least in my life, it's like, and also, you know, gratitude, very grateful that it looks like things are shifting and things are returning to somewhat of a, we're moving maybe from a pandemic to an endemic, hopefully, depending on what the Omicron variant does, Omicron variant does. But, you know, and so I think understanding and also being very grateful for what we have, for what we are now as a financial institution and grateful for those that have stuck with us through it and you know now we're here we're getting through this we're getting through this together what else can we do to help you now succeed and thrive as we venture into this you know pandemic post-pandemic endemic normal phase of life which also includes doing your you know your financial your finances so you know how do we how do we you know we're very grateful and obviously everyone's perspective perspectives have shifted. So what, do, you know, where do we go from here? Well said, Delenn. Uh, some great practical examples of just adapting and changes in the customer behavior. So uh, next up, always great for an out-of-the-box out of perspective. Um, John wrote a book this year and, and so great to have you back on the show. So John? I think the major lesson taken uh, really more than the year, the past 18 to almost 24 months is that um, the customer journey that every uh, partner or bank talks about is actually the customers and not the banks. And I think there's been a, a misnomer with banks that they try to get the customer to do what they want them to do. Use mobile check deposit, use transfer, use digital, digital, digital. 
a lot of customers still don't want to do that. And so I, I think the lesson I've learned is that when we came through the pandemic and trying to shift everyone to using digital means, you learn that a lot of customers actually still want to bank the way they want to bank. And it may not be the way that's most efficient for you, that's the most cost effective or marketing effective, but you learn that the customer journey truly is the customers. And so banks need to be able to shift uh, to meet them and meet their customers where they want to be met versus where the bank wants the customer to meet them. Uh, so my biggest takeaway over the past 18 to 24 months and year compacting it would be that the customer journey is just that. It's the customers and banks need to focus on what the customer wants and not what they think is best for the bank and their efficiency plays. Uh, because the customer still likes the drive through, still likes that cup of coffee, still may want the handheld. And most of those are your your boomer and some high end Gen Xers that have a lot of money and have a lot of wealth and they want to bank the way they want to. Uh, so my lesson is the customer journey is the customer's and not yours. Yeah, very well said. It is the customer's journey. And the more we can understand that and think about how that how that impacts our decisions, uh, will put, us, put us in really good shape. Uh, so great lesson learned. Uh, next up, Douglas. So one lesson I learned this year is, uh, you know, the continued importance of data and especially high frequency data. Uh, we would get information. We do get information on a regular basis. And, you know, one example is on uh, employment data and uh, labor data. And that employment data, you would get it on a lag of month to month. And what we've seen, you know, throughout 2021, but also you know, starting up during the pandemic, that the labor market shifted tremendously. And as it shifted tremendously, the thing that you wanted to be able to do is find out what's happening in real time. And being able to have that high frequency data and have information on a week-to-week -week basis as opposed to on a monthly basis is something that's been you know, extremely helpful. Uh, some of our economists have uh, uh, written on it, uh, Maximilian uh, Dvorkin and also Maggie Isaacson, and they talked about uh, you know, using some of the home-based data, because we use home-based and also ultimate uh, Kronos group, but using that home-based data to be able to look and see how businesses were impacted by firm size throughout the pandemic. So having that high level, uh, high frequency data uh, does really well with not with complementing a lot of the anecdotal information that I'm gathering as well. So it's you know been one of those key lessons learned is being able to get that uh, data in more real time has been extremely helpful. Yeah, Douglas, always great to have your perspective. Uh, just a ton of wisdom and very well said about uh, high frequency data, you know, kind of rapid insights. And so appreciate that. Uh, Tim? Uh, big lesson this year is just the resilience of the U.S. economy. Um, we have a really unique uh, vantage point that I love, which is we work with a very wide range of community banks and credit unions that are spread out geographically all across the country and really all across the board, we've seen our clients respond to the pandemic, post-pandemic environment uh, with uh, uh, targeted solutions for their customers and members. And we've seen growth across the board, uh, large, small credit union bank, West Coast, East Coast, middle of the country. And it, I think it just goes to show a lot of the uh, noise uh, or a lot of what you read about the economy is very macro focused, but the economy is our economy is amazingly diverse, um, made up of 
thousands and thousands of uh, small businesses and millions of consumers. And these credit unions and banks that we work with are out there every day meeting the needs of their customers and members as those needs have changed and evolved in ways that are predictable and in many ways that are unpredictable. So that's been a real reinforcement to me is just uh, the strength of the economy as represented by uh you know, a wide range of, of uh, small credit unions, community banks all across the country meeting the needs of their customers and members. Uh, thanks, Tim. You know, very well said that, uh, that seeing the dynamicism of the economy around the country and, and really helping uh, those people, those community-focused financial institutions that are on the front lines of helping communities is, is so encouraging. So, uh, and speaking of community banks, uh, Will Chase. Uh, I tell you a lesson that I've learned is is that uh, the the paramount nature of customer service is even more important today than it has been. Uh, uh, having seen uh, how customers uh, have to use technology, uh, see how companies go through consolidation and, and other things, uh, things can become a little impersonal. Uh, and then the, as companies get bigger, uh, they they have these these processes and whatever that they're good processes to have and large companies have them, but things that a small company could could potentially do in a very short period of time, a large company could take forever to do, and and the customer today in an internet you know I want to click through and be able to 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 I want to buy I want to buy a hundred thousand dollar car online today right now. Uh, and uh, that's what they want to do. And the, the if you can't if you can't master that today in today's environment, uh, I don't think your business is going to last very long. And so uh, I, I just see it as someone who now uh, just a few weeks outside of the banking industry. I've been on a few trips out of town, uh, seen some different companies. Uh, I just tried to order something yesterday. Uh, and it was a, a purchase, and everything went great. Love the people, love the company. I'm a repeat purchaser until we got down to the shipping. And they said, we can't tell you when it's going to arrive. And I said, can you ship it to your store? And just hold it. said, we can't take the liability. So they wanted to ship it and then have me contact my neighbors or my family members uh, to then go by on my front porch every day and look for this package so it won't get pirated off my porch. And it just, it was, it was our, our, this whole buying experience was great. Love the people. But it devolved at the very end to, you know, somebody made a decision 14 rungs up the ladder that this is the only way it's going to happen. And, and so I think that part of it is, it, it's, it's interesting as kind of someone who's not responsible for, for service anymore to be able to see how important service is just from the person who takes care of the customer and the customer, however small the purchase, the transaction, or what, it, it's really amazing just to see the experience. I, I've, I, it's blown me away just to be a, now an abject observer uh, out in the world as opposed to somebody who's responsible. Yeah. Uh, Will, we know you've had a very dynamic year yourself and uh, must be very proud to, sit, to have the have the journey that, that started with uh, Triumph uh, come to a, a very successful conclusion this year and great perspectives on just even in times of uncertainty and you know stress, frankly, that makes it even more important to have a, an empathetic experience and a customer-focused experience. 
So I appreciate that, Will. Um, and last up, Kyle Edmonds. Kyle? This year, I uh, actually reread a book um, this year that had a, a big impact on, on me um, personally and the way I manage, and it's Sales Management Simplified by Mike Weinberg. And um, the reason I reread that book is, is I'm a member of our company, actually, is a member of uh, the WSA, which is the uh, World Sign Associates, and I am the chairman of the Educational Committee. And this year, earlier in the year, we had uh, our educational training uh, provided by Mike Weinberg, who's the author of the book I just mentioned, Sales Management Simplified. And I had the opportunity to go out to Denver and sit down for uh, three days with Mike and the, the rest of the group there. And we did a recorded session. Um, you know, we couldn't meet in person at the time. It was in February earlier in the year. And it, it really talks sales management simplified, the keyword being simplified. Too many times I feel that, uh, at least me, but I think the whole sales world tries to change the way we do things and find this magic formula um, for sales when the truth of the matter is stick to what works, define your metrics, teach your sales reps, train your sales reps how to, you know, how to do what they, they do best that then trickles down to what the company does best and keep it simple. And by doing so, um, it, it, is, it has paid dividends for our company and, and been just a huge benefit. So Sales Management Simplified by Mike Weinberg has been a uh, wonderful book. You should check it out. And I was very fortunate to get, uh, get the opportunity to sit down with Mike, which is a rare occasion, you know, to be able to sit down with the author of a book that you enjoy. And we had some great conversations. And keeping it simple and as a manager in sales, uh, try not to, to get down in the weeds too much. Do what you do, which is managing, and allow the other people, your sales team, your project managers, to do what they do best, which is to get out and to, uh, and to, to, you know, to sell to the customer and, and keep from micromanaging because every person has a different approach. As long as they're following the process, it can work. Yeah, Kyle, a uh, great reminder of the fundamentals that, um, you know, some things and sort of the fundamentals of good management and good sales management don't really change. And so it's important to be grounded in those. Uh, they're fundamentals for a reason. So uh, great perspective. Well, um, as you can see, we had a, a tremendous uh, roundtable of different perspectives and lessons learned this year. And so as we wrap up, uh, I just want to say thanks again uh, from all of us here at Infusion. We appreciate the partnership. Uh, it was fun to launch Top Quartile. I hope you have benefited from that this year, uh, from hearing from some, some really great thought leaders with different perspectives around the industry. Um, but we want to wish you uh, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, as we finish out 2021 and look forward to 2022. And so uh, looking forward to, to, to even uh, bigger and better things together in, next year. Thanks.